And now for the WEEI Producers Show on WEEI. WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Saturday morning, Boston. This is the WEI Producer Show right here on Boston Sports Original WEI. It is Shime and Garvin with yeah. you this morning on a crisp, semi-decent Saturday morning. Oh, we're past crisp. crisp. Oh, okay. Crisp is your, your fall mornings there. So this is more of a dude, chilly to a brisk? We, we are pre-Nor'easter right now. That's the vibes I'm can definitely I, get driving in. Can I? I need to get something off my Please, chest. You brought up Nor- Nor'easter, and yeah. so I need to get this off my chest. Go for it. You people, and I'm referring to all of you. Who are we talking to? Uh, all you people who go to the grocery store on, like, Friday. <laughs> and I, all I wanted to do was get a couple things to make a dinner Friday night. And the lines at the grocery store are from the registers all the way to the aisles. Such an amateur move. What are we doing? I, that You know what? That's a good one because, like, you have to imagine, like, the people who have lived around here have lived around here for an awful long time. So you think, like, we should yes, all this know. this is in North Carolina. We should all know how to act at this point. Like, there's the joke about, like, go get your eggs and your bread, har, 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 make sure you've got milk. But then you see people, in your case, I'm actually... Doing, doing it. it. I went to the grocery store oh. on Thursday. There wasn't a soul in there. I'm like, I am the smartest man in the world right now. Well, that's I- how I felt Friday at, uh, I had just left the gym, so it was like one thirty. Your schedule is so much more earlier in the day than, you know, the average person. Your first shift, I'm probably closer to like two and a half. I'm getting to the grocery store at like 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. Yeah. You're getting in there. I'm in, I'm in there in the middle of the Good day. morning. Ryan, it was so packed. There was not a single carriage <laughs> when I walked in. Not a single one. Carriage guy. No, no, no. Hold what on. kind of dinner? You need a carriage? No, for I, just, I, just, I just noticed there was no carriage. You want to know what else there wasn't? Which is what I would have grabbed. A basket. basket. Not a single basket. I walk in and they have all those like like the pre-made foods that are like hot and on the hot like yeah. hot sheet. There was one rotisserie chicken left. One. I'm surprised there wasn't like nine people at a knife fight trying. This is my rotisserie chicken. Damn it! it you don't understand. There's a nor'easter coming. It's it, gonna be bad. It's like we're probably gonna get like it's more violent than Black Friday. Oh my god! We're it was three inches of snow Joe, down here. Like we're closer to Boston. You know, T's and P's to everybody that lives in like Western Mass, Northwestern Mass. But like again, guys, act like you've been there before. We've had these before. I don't even know how bad this is going to be. I'm it's not, not even gonna be that bad. I'll talk like, to the weather smoke when he gets in here but like it's it'll be rough it's the first snow of the year i hate this weather yeah, i hate same. snow i hate looking at it i like it when it's sunny and nice outside i get a little pep in my step a little vitamin d none of that we shut that crap down until april it feels like but the fact that you're waiting until friday and like we've known about this storm for a week now i'm on like the border of the quote-unquote jackpot zone. Even the jackpot zone maxes out at a foot, which we have gotten far more than a foot That's in our lifetimes here. Too. It's a jackpot that you yeah. never want to win. I'm somewhere you, in that, up. like, probably six inches to ten inches range mm-hmm. is my guess. And... That's fine, like, but and it's one thing if it was just all the older people because I get it; they have a harder time driving and walking through snow. And yet, and it won't stop them from driving and walking. Also true, snow. but like, it, at least it makes sense because generally, that's who's at the grocery store at one o'clock in the afternoon on a weekday. I gotta get my Boston Herald. 
There's dysfunction with the Patriots. Uh, haven't you heard? Haven't you heard? I got. I got to read this Andrew Callahan article on the paper. I got to do it. What a gift that was, by the way. Oh man, as we're getting into like, oh, all right, you know, are we thinking? You know, this is you know, take you behind the seat. Like, listen, it was getting pretty repeti- repetitive. We understand. All right, we're with you. The Bill Belichick. Like, that, I had this thought last night as I was, you know, anticipating our show this morning. I'm like. The on-the-field stuff really hasn't been uh, a prevalent talking point in sports talk radio for probably two weeks now. Um, Now, I was off. I was on vacation Mm -hmm. during the Broncos game, which they won, and the, not the Chiefs game, oh, the Buffalo game, which they lost. And, like, okay, it was kind of like what you expected. I think the Broncos game was more shocking. But now you fast forward, and it's been nothing but Belichick talk. And, look, I understand it. It's a lot of the same. It's who has what. Even though I think a lot of you people don't want to believe the sourced information that is coming out. It's weird That's your the information we believe in. I'll address in, you people here <laughs> shortly. Don't you worry about it. But I get it. We and and it's it it feels bizarre. Like I don't know if 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 you guys were feeling it, Joe and Sean. But like even just driving in, I'm going, man, like. This is it. Yeah, this could be the this last is... Sunday Bill Belichick walks into Gillette Stadium no, 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 as the head no, no. coach of the Dunkin' Patriots. I am, like, everyone wants to put percentages on it. 100%. Hear me when I say this is the last time you are going to see Bill Belichick coach for the New England Patriots. I have not felt, look, I'm wrong about a lot of stuff. I feel so on about this. It, it makes my head spin. And when you look at it like that as we're getting right. Big snowstorm, whatever. Jets week. Uh, the Just everything that needs to happen. Your this... favorites is a four-win team. Oh, my goodness gracious. This season has sucked so bad, which is a discussion we can have for another But the time. Belichick thing has easily been, like, it's just but now it's it's like, everywhere. It's not the football stuff anymore. It's not Mac Jones anymore. No, it's not it's Bailey just... Zappi anymore. It's what is going to happen with Bill Belichick? Well, it's because like, the team has been out of it for so long that we have to look at off the field it, stuff. And it's not draft position stuff anymore either. So exactly it. It's it's what is the the future of and yeah he is the greatest coach in NFL history, Brady or not. Like none of this happens, unfortunately. I, I think it's really ignorant to just go yeah, yeah it's all Brady. A lot of it was hundred percent. You need the you need the players. I get that. You need the greatest quarterback. But of Belichick all time. made some great decisions the, along the, the way. The fact that that he was able to architect this franchise to be what it was for twenty years. Like I'm all I'm pushing thirty four. My entire football watching youth and the vast majority of my adult life, I have only known greatness in football because of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And it's over. It's done. I'm and, and that's the thing. I'm ready for it to be done. I. I think I will get kind of sad, not like like emotional, but I think it's going to be kind of sad regardless of outcome when you see Bill Belichick for the last time. And it's crazy just how how widespread this topic is, right? Because like, so I haven't talked to you in a couple weeks. Right, I've I've talked to Joe a little bit, but like when you guys were home for the holidays, everyone from the most casual football fan like kind of borderline cares kind of don't to diehard patriots fan asks us this question when we see them family members aunts uncles cousins doesn't matter friends everybody is like so what's what's happening with belichick what are we doing like what is he is he gone is he actually gonna leave and like it's it is crazy the amount of information we think we know the actual information we know 
and kind of just like where we stand. We we stand in a position where Robert Kraft has chosen not to verbally support Bill in just about any way, uh, like similar to how, I mean, Curtis asked Belichick, he's like, hey, the Jets owner came out, Woody Johnson came out and supported Salah and uh, Joe Douglas. Uh, would you want Kraft to to do that for you? And you know, he gave his classic Belichick answer. No, I'm just focused on the Broncos. Or, yeah, I know. I don't know what's going on with the Jets. Um, yeah. You know, you whatever. Have to talk to them about uh, it. Exactly, and and that's and that's well and good. But like, it's true. Kraft hasn't come out and supported him at all. And and Bill had talks to us every Monday. And this past week, Greg got him to even say, like, look, I I come out every week. I prepare the exact same every week. I just prepare for that opponent, and that's just kind of what I've always done. That's kind of what I will always do. And, you know, it's it's hard to envision a world now in 20 years. You know, you're just slightly older than I am. So for the two of us, it's like all we know is Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. And so the idea that this is ending and that this is over is is – it's a new frontier for us. And, and like I said, I think it's it's a reality that we should be ready for. It's been, And I think we I think the majority of us are. Right. You know, if I was going to do anything, I'd put it out there on, you know, Twitter and and my face so everybody <laughs> could see it. Yeah. I don't, a, a big social media guy. Every year. No, I see I question how many people are ready for this. I think there's you can break them down into a, a couple of of camps. I think there's, you know, I heard Gresh talking about this the other day when I was driving in as far as like people in his life that as as Gresh put it they don't eat sleep and breathe this like we do like yeah. we have to it's it's our jobs to to know what is going on and to see what everybody's saying and to dissect it and talk about it but for the person that had just says a 9 to 5 and you know what this is the reality I got to live when I was on vacation where you watch a game like and not the Patriots, but like uh, the Celtics replay is on right now. So this was happening a lot with the Celtics, where I would just watch the game and I'd just turn it off, and that was it. I'm not watching post game. I'm not Eddie House isn't wasting my time. Well, yeah, when they're beating a team by thirty, I'm, you don't I, have I'm to. I'm like, I'm not gonna listen to what Joe Mazzola has Hell, to you say. Can turn I it off in the fourth quarter. What Tatum has to say because I got six more days of vacation, Jack, and I am not sitting and listening <laughs> to Chris Forsberg. Love you guys, but that's what I think a lot of fans do that it's just when the game is on i'm rooting for the laundry and it's all good and then you've got the portion of people that that sit and watch it who you know we call them the p1s they're the people that, they that live and breathe you listen and, and you live it with us you're not doing these shows but you are our faithful loyal listeners and this stuff is just as important to you as it is to us and you formulate your own opinions based on what you see and what you hear and people say as well then there's this weird portion of the fan base that i i cannot understand and i don't know if it's just a symptom of who people are now in society on a bigger scale and this is just sort of a microcosm of it but i got to see it a lot this week with tommy curran Greg Bedard, Mike Reese, uh, Burt Breer. Just go to any NBC Sports Boston Twitter post and you'll see it. It's it's Burt Breer and, and Phil Perry and they're spitballing and they're speculating. And this is what I've heard about what Bill Belichick is going to do. And this is what I've heard. And I could see him doing this and I could see him do that. Ah, they're just making it up. They're lying. Greg Bedard doesn't talk to anybody. Tommy Kern doesn't talk to anybody. He's walking it back. I heard you guys doing that on Friday, by the way. Tommy he was Kern's walking it back. Walking back his report. And I'm just like, why is there, and not specified at, at you guys in the morning, 
but just the people that really, really are thumping their chest. And, like, why do you not want to believe what's going on? Oh. What do you stand to gain if Tommy Curran is wrong, if Greg Bedard is wrong? First of all, like, these guys cover the team. Andrew Callahan is there, like, every day. My oh, Catholic yeah, that article was awesome. It, it, the Boston Herald thing was such a gift. It, it, we'll spend some time on that a little later on because I think it's exactly why yeah. – this Bill Belichick thing needs to happen. But I just, I, you guys got to help me understand. Is it because you don't want it to be true? Is it because all media is fake news and everybody's lying? Like, you guys got to help me out with this one. Normally, I can kind of step back out of myself and go, okay, I can understand it from their perspective. This one, I don't. This one, I don't understand why everybody is, I shouldn't say everybody, but there, there is a very vocal minority of people that are so desperate for these guys to be wrong more than anything I've ever seen when it comes to the coverage of this football team. Yeah, well, I think for us, like especially yesterday morning for us, like it wasn't, it, it's not about that we don't believe the reports. I, that's a, it's actually the complete opposite. We've, we believe them so much, in fact, that it's very odd for us to hear a couple weeks ago there was a decision made by the Crafts after mm-hmm. the Germany game. And then now, all of a sudden, heading into the final game of the season, the ball's in Belichick's court. But, I think, but if a decision so yeah. if a decision was made, then how is the ball in Belichick's court? That was so that was the issue we were running into where it's like, well, it can't be the same they they, they cannot happen equally. They, yeah. they that that is those do not compute. So well, that plus all the decisions that have been made in the past, what, two or three years have been so out of the blue that we won't know until it actually happens. Well, and I think that the Herald article, which we, we can get into more, is it adds a lot of context, too, to what Tom has said. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that you have to take it almost in a, in a step-by-step, right? As new information comes out, we create new opinions. That's kind of how humans work. You should, I mean, that's how should you should be work. how humans yeah, you, you don't, you should just, everybody is. You don't is, just pick it and stick it with an some, opinion. Some sometimes. people plant their flag and go, nope, this is the hill that I'm dying on, just to catch everybody up to what we're talking about real quick. So Tom E. Kern, NBC Sports Boston, covers this team and has covered this team for a like 25 he is years. Very tied in. He's very tied in. He gets a lot of stuff right. Okay. Doubt him at your own risk. I will not. Tom E. Kern came on Jones Mega with Arcana on Thursday, and the question was posed. And this is where I think a lot of people got messed up on this, including you guys. The question was posed is what do you think is going to happen? In this meeting, which Mike Reese from ESPN has said on uh, Get Up with Mike Greenberg, that this meeting is scheduled for Monday. Yep. So the question was posed, what do you think is going to happen in this meeting? The answer that Tom E. Curran gave us is that's kind of up to Belichick at this point. Not it's up to Belichick to save his own future. It is up to Belichick what comes out of this meeting. Because the fact that everybody unequivocally is saying that they have not talked Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick about the future means this could end up being a very short meeting. This could be a meeting where, I don't know if you've been called into meetings. Every meeting I've ever been called into, I'm like, I didn't know this was happening. What did I do? Am I in trouble? You Those are my thoughts. You immediately say, am I in trouble? What did I do? Did I I forget to dump something? This this time, Bill Belichick 100% knows what is going on in this meeting. So I think... If, if what Tommy Curran has said is true, and I believe it is, that a decision was made after that Colts game, they already, they are, Robert and Jonathan are going into this meeting, and it's they probably are either going to not say a lot and let Bill give his side of it and go, okay, thanks, that's all well and good uh, if I had, 
or they are going to do all of the talking and go, this is where you went wrong. This is why you're not coming back. This is what we are going to do in the future. I don't think it was so much that Tommy Kern was saying, no, 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 Bill can save his own future unless he flips a humanity switch, which is one kind of perverse sounding too. I don't really think it's going to happen like that. But, but like then the ball's not in Belichick's no, court. No, no, no. Like, he was never and, saying it was. That's he, he literally says the ball is in Bill's court. Uh, uh, Verbatim. No, no, no. That's but that's not how it was meant in the context of the question. What I I don't that so I don't I don't I understand think what you're you saying because a lot of you're asking you the question was what do you think will happen? Correct. What, so no, what is this meeting going what, to be? The, 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 so the how answer, is how is if if you have a decision, how is the ball in Belichick's court? Because what is this meeting going to be? It if you have a decision, the meeting is simply going to be right. you were going to walk in. And Bill is going to not be the head coach of the New England Patriots right, anymore. Right, but, but you got two minutes. Defend yourself. It's up to Bill to determine the tenor of that meeting, I think, is what Tom was saying. Because if the Crafts have already made up their mind, it, there's nothing that they're going to say that's going to change anything. It's all going to be Bill Belichick. Now, whether Bill Belichick goes in there and is able to save his job, I don't think that's what's going to happen in this meeting at, this at all. But I think, like... It's just like that's just one example of like the madness that has been going on the last couple of weeks since the Patriots have been out of playoff contention and this sudden realization like, oh, tomorrow's the day. The end is tomorrow is the last day of the Patriot way. It's over, guys. We are moving on now. We are officially a part of the rest of the NFL universe Strap in. It's been a lot of fun. I've had a blast watching this team for the past two decades. It's time to move on. 617-779-7937 if you want to weigh in on the producer show this morning with Shime and Garvin. We will continue talking about this. We'll tie in the Andrew Callahan, Doug Kyatt, Herald article as well, how that adds context, what new information that provides, and the future of the New England Patriots with or without Bill Belichick coming up here uh, right here on WEI's producer show. But right now, Joe Braverman will we'll get you caught up with what's trending. Gresh and Fourier, weekdays 10 to 2. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Last night, Celtics easily took care of the Utah Jazz, 126 to 97. They moved to 17 and 0 at home at the TD Garden, which is their best home start since 1957-1958. Sees never trailed in this game, led by 30 at halftime, and once again, every starter scored in double figures. Jason Tatum led the way with 30 points and 9 rebounds. Chris Porzingis right behind him with 19. Joe Mazzulla talked after the game, who, as the reigning coach of the month, does not want to take that award just for himself. I'm not the one controlling the scouts. I'm not the one making the edits. I'm not the one uh, you know, doing the matchups during the game or coming up with lineup suggestions. So that's the entire staff. Um, and then if the, coach, the players don't let me coach them, then I'm not really a good coach. So like, I think it's just a testament to the environment that we're creating. Um, and so, yeah, it does mean something to me because it shows uh, what we're doing is paying off. Celtics' next two games will be in Indiana against the Pacers. The first one will take place tonight with a tip-off set for 7 o'clock. The Bruins are also back on the ice tonight. They will host the Tampa Bay Lightning at the TD Garden. Puck drop is also set for 7 o'clock. Final injury report is out for the Patriots' season finale tomorrow against the Jets. The season is over for Trent Brown and Hunter Henry. They have both already been ruled out. Trent Brown with a quote-unquote illness and Hunter Henry with his knee injury. Twelve other Patriots have been listed as questionable. That would be Christian Barmore, Farrell Brown, Miles Bryant, Anthony Jennings, Jonathan Jones, Jalen Mills, Devontae Parker, Jabril Peppers, Matthew Slater, Jelani Tavai, Tyquan Thornton, and Sean Wade. 
On the other side for the Jets, quarterback Zach Wilson was already ruled out earlier in the week with a concussion, meaning Trevor Simeon is going to get the start for New York. Pats and Jets from Snowy Gillette Stadium kicks off tomorrow at 1 o'clock. And staying in the NFL, the week gets underway today with the Steelers looking to keep their playoff hopes alive against their rivals, the Ravens, in Baltimore. And a playoff berth is on the line between the Texans and the Colts later tonight. You can listen to Westwood One's coverage of both games right here on 93.7 WEIFM with coverage starting at 4 p.m. following KJ and Lions. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WEI and WEI.com. When it comes to the meeting between Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft, it's been reported a, a few different places. Is it your understanding that that's taking place uh, early in the week? And if so, what do you expect to come from it? I don't have any intel on when the meeting is going to happen. Uh, so I would defer to Mike Reese, who gets stuff right on a regular basis, that if it's going to happen Monday and he's reporting that, then that's when it will happen. What do I expect to come from it? It's kind of up to Bill since, no conversations have been held and no one from ownership has gone to Bill and said, well, what's been going on here? And, and how do you think it went sideways and how do you look to resolve it? With that having not taken place, it would appear to me that they are leaving the ball in his court for that day or they are planning to do all the talking. The longer it goes with no conversations at all, to expect that there is going to be something revolutionary that emanates from Monday, and even if those conversations go into Tuesday and Wednesday, I just don't understand how that's what's best for the football team. It's all controversy. What? Controversy. Oh, no, no, no. Me and Joe just planning the show a little bit. Oh, yeah. This is the WEI producer show right here on Boston Sports Original. WEI Shime and Garvin with you this morning. It's been a while since we've been uh, linked up and together uh, on this program. So it's I been can't nice to wait. Be back. I got so much to say, Shime. It's so good to be back. I look forward to doing this show every Saturday mm, for the rest Ryan, of the Ryan, I'm going to stop you right there. What? No, uh, we're, we're going to be on, and then it's Ken no. and Curtis, our Saturday family. It's what mm, we do. Unfortunately, uh, next two weeks, we will be having a special uh, betting program running here on WEI stop during it. the NFL playoffs. So, the uh, producer no show is being circumvented for wagertainment? Yes. Nick Costos is far more important than us. Uh, we're not sponsored. That's uh, true. 617-779-7937 Maybe if you want to weigh, get... weigh in on the pat so far. Ryan, go ahead. Uh, a sponsorship from the uh, there pepper spray in here the other day? I'm assuming oh, that yeah, was yeah. So too. Coco had gotten, a, uh, I believe, a, a gift from one of the Twitchers oh, of, of pepper spray. Uh, you know, funny gifts that they sent in. They sent in like a box of gifts. Oh, see, I thought that Wiggy just liked to put that on his eggs. Mm, no, that's Spice different kind of pepper spray. Bit. Actually, I don't even know if Wiggy's a big eggs guy. Really? Yeah. Wiggy has... So, like, it's weird. He criticizes everyone else's food takes, and yet he has very um, peculiar or particular uh, food tastes. Puts, like sugar in his mac and cheese. Yeah. It's repugnant. He also... He, he doesn't like avocados. He thinks guacamole stinks. That's overrated. I don't mm, know if it stinks. I disagree. It doesn't really taste like anything. He's, you he know also, what? I'm with you, Wigs, on that one. It's what not, do you it's mean it doesn't taste like it anything? It doesn't taste like anything. Yes, it does. It's, it's like paste. No, but it you isn't. You can patch a tire with that. Oh, a little crap. red pepper, a little lime juice, mush up that avocado. No, we're not doing that. I good. am morbidly obese. <laughs> you are. It's true. So am I. No, it's okay. <laughs> Uh, we we are fat in the morning. It is it's it's a thing. We talk. I about almost disagree with that sediment. 
We we went through my entire like, eating habits. Sitting around. Yeah, we, that was some. So I guess we're going to have to find a, a human cheese wheel big enough to hold uh, <laughs> one of you guys because there's no chance in hell Bill Belichick is going to be back next year. Uh, yeah, human I just. Cheese wheel. That bet is not happening, by the way. There's no, no way. Like, logistically. Nobody actually committed to it. He didn't even come up with actual terms. No. Just Greg was like, yeah, cheese wheel. My my favorite part. Jones was telling me that that they played that drop and you played that drop and he couldn't understand like what the joke was. <laughs> it's a baby effing cheese whale, and he's like, I don't understand what you what. It's a cheese whale. What's the big deal? <laughs> it's quite good. That's tremendous. So yeah, but that bet is it's irrelevant. It's I don't speak for those guys because I was not a part of that. Uh, but if if we he wanted to turn around and go, you know what? I relent because of all the information that has come out since the human cheese whale bet. Uh, was made. I would accept those terms because a lot of crap has happened between now and then. In particular, the latest article from Andrew Callahan and oh. Doug Kide in the Herald, which is just an absolute gem. This is the second time now uh, in the last year that they have just... Andrew Callahan is part of an article that just blows your socks a off. A petty person would say, where's the Boston Globe on this? But not me. Not nope. me. I would not, not say Not I. That. Never. I, uh, just, I look to our friends at the Boston It's Herald. crazy to the amount of people that talk to him. And it's because last year, the report he did with Karen Garigian, and then this one, it is multiple sources. It's not just one guy. I believe it was more than a dozen. More than a dozen, that dozen yes. Sick. That's insane. Like, that's... I think that also shows you, too, though, the kind of dysfunction that's going on in this locker room that so many people are willing to talk to media and, and Andrew and be like, hey, uh, yeah, things aren't going very well here. It also relates to what uh, Joe just played of, of Tom Curran telling uh, Jones Omega with Arcan on Thursday about how nobody has talked. I mean, if if nobody's talked really between Belichick and and Robert Kraft as far as what the future is and it's just business as usual and there's just this this pall of of negativity and uncertainty every time you walk into Foxborough into Patriot Place like I'm not the least bit surprised that this is what has happened if nobody in the house is talking about how bad things are you gotta talk to somebody and I think that the approach that, and again, if you haven't read the story, it's Andrew Callahan and Doug Hyde in the Boston Herald. It came out Thursday morning, very, very early. I was up at 7.30, and this thing had already been out for an hour at this point. And I was like, I didn't need any caffeine, man. I was so awake. I'm like, oh, this is good. This is good. Da, 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 da. Over months, I'm reading from it. Over months, sourced, sources described an offense undone by a quieter type of dysfunction, a broken quarterback, and finger pointing between the coaching staff and front office. I'm oh. like, I am. I'm going to fly to work today. This is going to be so much fun. But this is what it is. It has been a fortress of silence from that place. We don't get anything. The players don't say anything. Bill Belichick doesn't say anything. The quarterbacks, trust me, don't say anything. So the idea that now, as you said, what we got last year, what we got earlier in the season, these these joint productions from it's Karen Garrigan and Andrew Callahan or Doug Kai and Andrew Callahan, we are getting a lot of these now, and that was never the way. And I think it's because, okay, fine, if you're not going to talk to me, I got to set the story straight. I got to tell my side of it. Now, I can't attach my name to it because I still work here. Yep. But people need to know what is going on. People need to understand the circumstances of working for the Patriots, of playing for the Patriots. And it's just, it's like reason number whatever. 
why this needs to end because this is not the norm around here. The sourced information, all the people, you know, pointing fingers at each other. If that was happening early on, we never heard about it because at least they were winning. Yeah. In 2018, they were miserable. Tom Brady was miserable. Gronk wanted to leave. Bill Belichick wanted to get rid of everybody. And they still won a Super Bowl. Yeah. They hated each other and still won a Super Bowl. So, so having read this article, I, I have made a couple inferences or uh, noticed a couple things. Mm-hmm. I want to run them by you, get your thoughts on it. Go for it. So right off the bat, one of the things that it stood out to me the most about this um, was that it really paints kind of one coach in particular very well. Because it doesn't mention his name at all, sets him aside from the dysfunction, Gerard Mayo. Yes. So with that, with that idea that oh, so this a lot of these players clearly don't have issues with Gerard Mayo. Does did this impact your thought process at all? That okay, Belichick is out for sure, and Mayo is in fact the next guy. The Gerard Mayo aspect of the, oh, this is like a, a, a like a murder mystery. Like there's all these intriguing characters it's a lot of, with their like, own agendas. Mister uh, Colonel Mustard did it in the uh, in the ballroom with yeah. the uh, candles. Colonel Mayo with with the uh, the game <laughs> plan. Mayo. Um, the Gerard Mayo aspect of this has been interesting from the beginning. I go back to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago when he told Lou and Christian, like, I definitely want to be a head coach, and I definitely want to be a head coach uh, for the New England Patriots. I love this region. It's really all I've ever known. Uh, my family's here. It would be really great, blah, blah, blah. And then you fast forward, and he's never had a title. He's, you know, out of everybody in the last couple of years that has been linked to the Patriots, Gerard Mayo really doesn't have a lot of issues talking, you know, not so directly, but he infers a lot of things. He's uh, constantly made, what's a title? Titles aren't important, even though I think Gerard would appreciate being the defensive coordinator, having that title, until this year, where, again, we heard that it was kind of up to Gerard Mayo to not have a title because at least he could separate himself from mm-hmm. the madness going on. And then you go forward and, and Greg Bedard, <clears throat> excuse me, <coughs> um, had that whole piece about how he was rubbing people the wrong way. That's something in my throat here. Um, and the fact that he was willing to talk about it as openly as he did as his as his press and kind of used it to his used it to his advantage was also very interesting. I think. If I'm Gerard Mayo, what do I want to get out of all of this? Well, I want to tell my story. I want people to know that there's a lot of crap going on, but at least you can't look at my part I've of risen the above factory. It. Uh, you know, the stuff I'm responsible for manufacturing, defense, keeping points off the board. Look, check, check, check. I've done what I am supposed to do. So all the crap that is going on right now, it's not on me. Like, I don't know, did you have some responsibility with Jack Jones and, and J.C. Jackson popping off in the way they did it? I don't know. Maybe the dynamics being what they were, is it just on Mike Pellegrino? Like, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the dynamic feel, is there. But, like, even with those stories getting a little bit more light, like, his name still never came up. He never came up as any part of the issues, any part of the dysfunction, any part of that. So, okay, so second thing I noticed yes. that I'm curious um, – about a week or so ago here on uh, WEI, it was actually uh, WEI Football Sunday. I was filling in with Ken Laird, Mike Cadlick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ken asked about Belichick's future, and it's really kind of when I committed to the idea that I felt like Belichick was going to retire. He was just going to step away. And so then I, I read this article, and for me, it almost reinforced my belief because the way in which I see 
how Kraft influenced the hiring of Bill O'Brien, where Belichick clearly would, did not want to go in that direction. He would have been very happy keeping Matt Patricia in charge, which, you know, you can hate it or love it, whatever you want. Fireable offense. But, but, yes. then, but then also Bill wanting to hire Adrian Clem to coach the offensive line and Bill O'Brien almost separating himself and being like, mm, no, I don't. we're going to do whole whole offense meetings. We're not going to do really positional group meetings because I'm, we're going to do this my way. And then it was really like a hierarchy of coaches on offense where it was like Bill, uh, the quarterback's coach, and the tight end's coach. And like that was – and those were the kind of – that was the pecking order. And – and then Adrian Clem leaves, and that's kind of when Trent Brown starts acting up as well. And Trent Brown, or Adrian Clem has his blow up. So to me, it was the clear moment where I saw, oh, this is what Kraft wanted. It created more dysfunction. It is clear to me when Bill walks into that off in meeting on Monday, slides a paper across the desk and says, these are my demands. Meet them or I retire. I walk. Because it just doesn't make sense for him to uproot. The best thing about coaching for him is coaching with his kids. He's not going to uproot himself, his kids, and their kids to go coach somewhere like L.A. just to be on another team and and get some record. I don't think he cares all that much uh, because I think he respects the history of the game already. I don't think he cares all that much about getting there. Otherwise, he would have done more to get there this year. And so, for me, it kind of reinforced the idea that Belichick is like a 20% chance Belichick is the head coach of the New England Patriots next year, and like an 80% chance he just retires. Well, and off of everything that you said, like it's it's kind of troubling that it was allowed to become as bad as it was. I mean, oh, very much so. I had been hearing that that there was an interest in bringing back Matt Patricia, which I, I just, I can't That understand. report had floated around, like... Over the summer, yeah, and that, that that's where I think a lot of us kind of started to hear that, and the idea that you know that Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick were were coming together to go, okay, let's figure this out because it became so untenable with the way it was structured. And like Joe Judge too, by the way, who like fire him into the sun. Like I don't know why he's still here. I, like I'm, it's, it's one of the things is like I'm not really surprised. Like all of a sudden that we've been getting all these leaks and it coincides with Joe Judge being back in the building. That's that's an itch I'll scratch another time. But I just think that's that's it's a, a direct comparison that I I will make. Um, but I think it's it's another reason why I think it's time for all of this to go away with everything that you just detailed, Shime, is the level of dysfunction that was was created. So, okay, I can't have Matt Patricia anymore if I'm Bill Belichick, but we both like Billy O. So, fine, we'll bring in Bill O'Brien. I'm going to let him oversee the offense, and I'm going to be head coach guy. But then Bill O'Brien looks around and goes, who's on my staff? It's like, Troy Brown? Ross Like These guys aren't coaches. They're your kids or your former players. Like Adrian Clem, yes, had some coaching experience outside. He got fired from a lot of jobs that he had. Uh, the Steelers job, definitely. Uh, and he also played for Bill, like everybody else that's ever been here. So, and this is something that Jones and I had, had kind of debated a little bit. The idea of like, well, should Bill O'Brien have his own staff? And normally I would say, yeah, the offensive coordinator shouldn't be able to just walk in and, and clean house. Like this story detailed. But my God, when you look around at... The, the 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 staff that was here for this offense, if I'm a guy that has, has worked outside of football like Bill O'Brien has, whether you liked him at Bama or not, whether you liked him at Houston or not, or Penn State, whatever, this is not a professional NFL staff that you've assembled on offense. No, so, it's not. Like, at the very least, I feel like some concessions should have been made. That's where Will Lyon comes in. 
and like, oh wow, what a what? A, the, it's like the only skill position that you ever got anything out of this year was Hunter Henry at the tight end spot. Like Ramondre, fine a little bit. It wasn't the offensive line. It wasn't the running backs, and it certainly was not the wide receivers. I think it's very interesting, and I felt a little bad about it at the time, but I'm going to double down on it right here because we talked about Adrian Clem. And I thought it was very, very weird that Adrian Clem just mysteriously did not show up for his press availability. And I, I'm like, something's coming. This, I'm like, if they need a scapegoat, it's probably going to start with Adrian Clem because I can't imagine he's overly thrilled with what's going on. Now it was reported as medical, even if that is true. Like, obviously, I don't want anybody to be sick or not have good health. I want everybody to be fine. But I think it's very interesting that now we're hearing all this. We hear about this blow up mm-hmm. between Matt Groh and Adrian Clem, who, by the way, is 1000% right when you've got people in that building saying, no, no, no. All the free agent tackles, they're overrated. All the guys in the draft, they're overrated. The uh, guys, Shime. Was I not screaming to the we heavens in May? The plan was Riley Reef, and it's going to be a disaster. And yes. here we are in we January. We were saying 14th overall, give us Broderick Jones. Jones, Paris, Campbell, Planet, Peter Plan A was, was Reef. Plan B was Calvin Anderson. It's a disaster, Plan C was well, and McDermott. It's, it's crazy, too, because you mentioned and now, uh, not so a professional I, coaching yeah. staff, too. So Adrian Clem leaves, and I hope he's, I hope he's okay. I do, too. But then all of a sudden, you have to turn to... Billy Yates. And James Ferentz. And James bleeping <laughs> Ferentz. This guy doesn't go away. He is. He has been on this Patriot in and out. In and out of this Patriots roster now for like seven years. He has played like a handful of snaps. He sucks to high heavens. And the only reason he's, he's on the staff is because Bill is friends with his dad. And now because he's a backup lineman, he's also like coaching the other linemen. So I look at that and go, all right, so maybe I wasn't so far off after all. Like I said, I really don't hope that anything uh, physically or mentally has gone wrong Agreed. with Adrian Clem. Because he was right. But I it. also look at it and go, Jesus, he's he's sitting and he's looking at this goof Matt Grow, who's like, well, if you that like guy football, needs this to go, is the, the place way. that you can go to love football. If you love football, oh, this is the place to be. Stop I, it. Shut up. I want to put you in a locker because, nerd. like, and that's coming from me. Football, know that this is a place. Like, if I'm Adrian Clem football. and I'm getting blamed for what's going on with this offensive line, I'm like, well, look at what you gave me. Can I get some help? And they're going, no, no, no. You don't know what you're talking about. You need to do a better job. And now, in my opinion, Adrian Clem is on the pup list with Agita because how could anybody work under these circumstances? Well, and, and to Adrian Clem's credit, too, like, Trent Brown has sucked and been absent for many portions of the season. Oh, I was so wrong about him. But, like... I was so wrong about Trent Brown. He I loved really th- Adrian Clem. He loved Adrian Clem. And he was that's why he was, like, the top five rated tackle on PFF because he liked what Adrian Clem was doing. And then Clem leaves, and Trent Brown's like, yeah, I'm out, Billy. Again. Get me out. Yeah, it was something... And, again, Trent Brown has had no problems trying to tell his side of the story as well. It's just... With all the dysfunction and the mess and, and all the weirdness that we've had that has been unlike anything that any Patriots fan has known over the last 25 years, it's just like it's reason 500. Like, it's time to move on. It's time to make a change. 617-779-7937 if you want to weigh in here on the producer show with Shime and Garvin. We'll continue with this next. Yes, Joe. Let this breathe. Ryan, where do you stand on Creed? Nah. It's a great movie. 
There are some certain Creed songs which are like true earworms. This is not one of them. This um, is My Sacrifice, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Higher is, that song is everywhere and it slaps so hard. Like musically, it's very basic, but also like I grew up listening to this, so I just hear it and go, oh yeah, this reminds me I of being like nine years old when they were like really big. But when they were like doing like the theme song for like a uh, theme song for like uh, Raw or like a paper a WWE pay per view, I run from my own prison because it will it's, it's will be stuck in my head. Yeah, probably. that that's a good that's a good one. They have they have a surprisingly large catalog of music. Uh, see, that's it doesn't surprise me because this like the the amount of times I hear Create on the radio when I was a kid. Uh, is did they have like a TikTok resurgence? Yeah, or so something? well, so it was, it had it started with Wait, Brenda Lee. It started with the Texas Rangers playing higher oh, at their yeah. games, and then Kirk Cousins mentioned how they play higher. They play were playing higher in the Vikings locker room, and then it became like a TikTok thing, and so higher has just like resurged tenfold. Oh my goodness! It's gracious. even bigger. It's so amazing. it's like it was ironic, and now it's not ironic anymore. Yeah, and as someone who grew up and loved Creed, like this is great. Like Creed was like my favorite band as a kid. Oh my god! Yeah, it says a lot about me, but it is what it is. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. If you want to weigh in today, Robin Swampskit wants to talk about Gerard Mayo. Go ahead, Rob. Hey guys, how are you? Hey, Good. What's, what's up? Um. So I met Gerard Mayo completely accidentally um, in a very non-football way. My boys and I were at um, Bass Pro Shops over at Patriot Place, and we were just browsing around, and we were in the fishing section. And um, one of my kids came over to me and tugs me on the shorts and says, Dad, that's Gerard Mayo. And I looked, and I, I didn't know. And my oldest son came up and said, Dad, that's Gerard Mayo. That's Gerard Mayo. So... He heard us talking. He came over and goes, oh, you guys football fans. And he just struck up a conversation with us. Um, That, to me, is very telling in terms of him as a person um, because he absolutely did not have to do that at all. He could have ignored us. But And and if he's anything like that as a coach, I could see why the players would feel that he's a player's coach and that's that's a coach that they would toe the line for. All right, Rob, thanks for the call. Yeah, so I've heard nothing but good things about Gerard Mayo. Ty Law was on our show on Tuesday raving about Mayo. I think my biggest question is, is like, I don't want Mayo to assume the head coaching position and then, again, just bring in Belichick guys. Like, I don't want him to bring in Josh McDaniels or keep Billy O. And that is my biggest concern is that he'll just stick within the Belichick tree because he played for Belichick. He's coached under Belichick. So the majority of the people he knows are also within that Belichick circle. And that is, in my opinion, how this franchise is going to stay in mediocrity for a longer period of time than they need to is if they just hang around that Bill tree without Bill. And that's a that would no longer be... You won't have old Billy Belichick to kick around anymore. That would that would directly reflect on Robert Kraft. Yeah, and, and I see not not to to cross streams here, but like John Henry is really like it's just turned into this absentee owner of the Boston Red Sox. I'm not going to say like oh they've know, just been spending, cheap, but it's like that's the difference between the Red Sox and the Patriots. The right idea now, right? Of the you, Red Sox have more so just been cheap. The Patriots have just been dysfunctional. Well, it's the idea that there's these glaring issues that are so obvious with your team. 
and nothing's really done about them. Like, okay, fine, you fire High and Bloom, which, you know, again, an itch will scratch down the road. I don't know if that was, like, what should have been done based on what we know about them now. But when I look at Robert Kraft, it turns into, like, you're allowing this to go on. You know, if you want to go, well, you allow Tom Brady to walk out the door, you allow Bill Belichick to do whatever. But if it continues past the point where Bill Belichick is no longer here, and it's the same stuff, it's the same problems, it's the same mindset because you still do have Gerard Mayo surrounded by Bill guys because you still have Matt Groh, who is a Bill guy, because your staff is full of Johns Hopkins uh, lacrosse players and and, and Nepo babies. Like, yes, congratulations. Like, nothing is ever going to change if you don't rip that band-aid. I like Gerard and I do too. I think had this season not gone as poorly as it did, I was so ready for Gerard to just take over. I almost feel like Gerard is ready to be the guy after the guy. Like Gerard will mm. still be here, and I think if Gerard wants to leave, he could. I think he could absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like Brian Flores, who's suing the league, he can could get be a Brian position. Flores. Gerard Mayo can. You know, I don't think he would love the idea of it, but based on what he's been saying recently, it sounds like he's more open to listen. Whatever happens, happens. I can say though. And I just want to put this out there. Like, I've, I have talked to Gerard a couple times. Very nice person. Uh, along with Bill Belichick, you know, I do believe this is the last time we'll see him with the Patriots. I just, I have to say, we've talked to Matthew Slater this year. I have not interacted for, with a professional athlete as, as cordial and as polite as Matthew Slater has been. He's been a, a delight for us on Jones Omega with Arcane to interview every week. He doesn't. He's like a lot of Patriots. He doesn't answer questions, but I don't feel like he's just clicheing us to death considering we would also talk to Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi usually in the same hour. Um, Slate has been an exemplary Patriot on and off the field. I don't know what they're going to do for him. I know if there's a flutie dropkick. Personally, fourth and one lead blocker end around a la Nelson Aguilar. Maybe don't do that. I think Andy said, uh, you know, let him play all three positions, offense, defense, special teams, whatever. Um, Just as far, like, if you've ever been wondering, like, is he really, Matthew Slater is that guy. He's been such a delight to talk to. I really, like, wish him all the best, as I would assume this is also his final game uh, with the New England Patriots. And just a, a great guy, perfect Patriot on and off. The field. Well, Patriots face the Jets on Sunday at one o'clock. This it's could over, be it. Johnny. Is it the final game? Bill Belichick coaches it's in over, Gillette Johnny. as the head coach of the New England Patriots. Is it his final game in the NFL? That's a question that we will find out hopefully sometime next week. Ryan and I will be with you with the producer show in a couple of weeks here. I think the Saturday right before the championship round of the playoffs is when we are back. Um, but make sure to keep Wagertainment. it locked. Wagertainment. Yeah, Nick Costos will get you get, up, get ready for all of the playoff wagering. Uh, but keep it locked right here on WEEI Boston Sports Original for Ken and Curtis. They're up next. We'll see you later. Play up.